0: Be able to see this okay. I want to warn you. I am a I am a name Golden name State Warriors JLC. fan. Uh, I started this band with Rooted. Thank you. And I'm a Steph, and I'm a Steph Curry fan. And I know that there are some people present, one of them named Jared, who is a Laker fan. Uh, Boo. Laker. Boo. <laughs> I hate the Lakers. Anybody who's playing the Lakers is my favorite team. So I want you to notice how consumed with basketball Steph Curry is. Watch his three-point. Can we get that? Can we get that full screen? There we go. Okay, now watch. You'll be able to. You'll be able to spot Steph Curry right away he makes three-point shots from all kinds of different places.
1: And they kick it
0: out to Curry. Oh man!
1: Never been in that position. And they comes off give it up to Terry.
0: Really oh a man! Is that a beautiful
1: thing? Oh, that was a long one.
0: They can get even longer. That should be a four-pointer. You're right. To the he oh, you only to it out to Courage, absolutely. That's better than a lay him. Okay, that's far enough. Okay. Now you're all warrior friends, right? He is consumed with basketball. Would you say that that's a fair thing? You don't make three-point shots like that unless you are consumed with basketball. So let me ask you a question. Are you consumed... With Jesus, I want to unpack that this morning. Uh, One way that uh, I would I would ask it is well I I got to show you a picture first. This is a picture that I don't know. Put in my office. I think Arnie probably did. This is a picture of who? Okay, how do you know? We don't know. So is that what Jesus looks like? Probably not. You know, we white Americans. Or Europeans think that Jesus ought to look like that, but I don't know if this is true or not drew do 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 black people think that Jesus should be black maybe Native Americans do you think he should look like a Native American? Why not yeah so he does he just kind of change back and forth depending on who's looking at him no. He was. My, my, my Jesus looks just like me. There you go. <laughs> that's my point. So actually, he he's a Jew, He was a Jew. And uh, you know, we look at Jews today, and uh, most Jewish people have a European look about them, but that's simply because they were exiled all over the world, and many of them came from Europe. 1948, when the state was reestablished again, they came back and they looked like a lot of them looked like Europeans. But he, he was a Middle Eastern man. Okay, so does it does it matter what race he is? Not really. Uh, how would let's think of a let's think of a thermometer, big thermometer, like an outside thermometer. You know, those ones that are in a kind of a tube. Would you describe your Relationship with Jesus as hot, warm, or cold? You don't have to answer out loud. When I say cold, then maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus or, or you had a stronger relationship once and it's kind of cooled off. If it's warm, then that's kind of, you know, you love him, but it's you're not all in. If it's hot, and when I say, I'll say, passionate for Jesus, I don't mean some demonstrative. You know, people do all kinds of crazy things in the name of loving Jesus that you don't find in the scriptures. I'm not talking about some demonstration. I'm talking about your affection for Him, your love for Him. Is that is that strong? Are you holding back? Could you up it a little bit or are you all in? I think probably most of us would say we could up it a little bit. You know, maybe you're at a place in your life right now where, gosh, you're just deeply in love with the Lord and you can't imagine it being any stronger, but, but those, those periods come and go just, just by the nature of, of who we are. So the first blank there for you to fill out is external actions are influenced by internal decisions. What you, th- what you are on the inside is going to show on the outside. Maybe not every minute. You don't have that? Oh, that's not a blank. It's just supposed to be up there. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so used to having you fill in all the blanks. I violated my own instruction here. But it's up there, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. So quit complaining, would you please? <laughs> so I want to talk about Mary this morning. Not, not Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. I think I mentioned before that Mary, every time Mary is mentioned, she is at Jesus' feet. Every time. The story we're going to begin with today, she was at Jesus' feet, uh, listening to him as he was, as he was in, the, in Martha's house teaching. The second time she's mentioned is in the Gospel of John when her brother Lazarus had died and she fell at Jesus' feet and cried out, Where were you? And it's like if if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. The third time she's mentioned is a story that we're going to conclude with this morning when she took perfume and very expensive perfume poured it on, on Jesus' feet. So, <coughs> What gets your attention? Uh, what turns your head? What grabs your, your attention? You know, I, I was thinking different ways. This, every morning when I, when I go for a walk, one of the things that gets my attention is the, is the Beartooth Mountains, especially this time of the year when they're st- covered with snow. You know, you look at the fields and they're kind of brown this time of the year and things are starting to green up a little bit, but you look at those mountains, it's like, oh man. And I, and I usually quote a verse and talk to the Lord a little bit when I, so it, gets, it gets my attention. The story of Mary and Martha, which is a very familiar story, I think, to, to most of you, you'll recall that uh, Jesus and his disciples went into Martha's home. And we can assume, it doesn't say it in the passage, but we can assume that both of them at one point were greeting Jesus, welcoming him, being hospitable toward him. But at some point, Uh, Jesus went with his disciples off to one side and Martha was distracted from Jesus. She's a servant and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. She was busy serving while Mary was busy listening. And Jesus said that's the good part. One of the things that you ladies should understand is that Jesus was very favorable toward women. Sometimes Christianity is portrayed by people who don't know any better as, you know, it's a, an all-male thing, but it's it's really not. The fact that Mary was at Jesus' feet listening and learning from him shows that, sh- that he was favorable toward women because he was discipling her along with the other disciples. And women weren't discipled in those days. But she's listening to Jesus. She's being taught by Jesus. Now... The story is usually about Martha. Martha was distracted from spending time with Jesus. So here's a question for you Can you imagine someone devoting their whole life to Jesus but never taking time to know him or spend time with him? Now, let me say that again. Can you imagine someone devoting their life in service to Jesus but never taking time to know him and spend time with him? Is that hard for you to imagine? It really shouldn't be. Because there are seasons in our life when we all do that. If someone would say, well, you're, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. Do you, do you love Christ? Do you love the Lord? Yes. How much time are you spending with Him? How How much do you talk to Him? It's a whole different issue, isn't it? So... We get distracted by things. I, uh, uh, I love Thanksgiving. The reason I love Thanksgiving is because of the formality of the dinner. So on Thanksgiving, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, the norm was, and most of my adult life the norm has been, you have a white tablecloth, you have your best dishes, you have your best silverware. You have turkey and mashed potatoes and dressing. Oh gosh, I shouldn't be talking about this, should I? <laughs> and cranberry sauce or cranberries, maybe even a candle in the middle of the table. And I absolutely love it. When we sit down at the Thanksgiving table, it smells so good. There aren't many really mashed potatoes left if I'm first in line. It's wonderful. So you would probably identify with me when I, a few years ago, one of my daughters suggested that we use paper plates. (laughs) Oh, man. My age showed. We can't use paper plates. Why in the world would we use paper plates? And the logic was that somebody wouldn't have to wash those dishes, they'd be able to just throw them away. Tough. (laughs) (laughs) We want dishes. But now I'm getting old and your perspective on some things changes and you, you have to realize I was brought up in an era where the woman's work was in the kitchen. Didn't matter what else she did, didn't matter how many Hours she worked a day, woman's work was in the kitchen. Somebody laughed. That's not so true anymore, is it? So I came to realize after two or three attempts at this, you know, Ginger gets up at 4.30 in the morning, puts the turkey in the oven, She starts preparing all the goodies and she's working all morning preparing goodies, preparing goodies, preparing goodies while I'm watching a football game. And then dinner comes and it's all on the table and it's so beautiful and in about 30 minutes it's over. And then she goes in the kitchen and does all those dishes. So, gosh, you wouldn't believe this if you knew me most of my life. One of my daughters is here. She would, she would know. Uh, every night, now, I clean up the kitchen for Ginger. She cooks the meal, and I, ki- I clean up the kitchen. you impressed? Yes, yeah. So I started thinking about Thanksgiving. Was it either Thanksgiving or Christmas last year? I don't remember which. I think it was Thanksgiving. I told Ginger, I said, let's compromise. If you'll do the nice dishes all will clean up the kitchen, and I did. Now my point is this, what what is Thanksgiving dinner really all about? Of course the festivities are fun and all of that, but what it's really about is the people who come and are together, right? So you'd probably wanna focus on that rather than some tradition Focus on everybody being able to enjoy each other. That would be the highlight. Jesus wasn't in, in Martha's house for dinner. That's not the reason he came. Of course there would be a meal that would be prepared, but that's not the primary reason he's there. The primary reason he's there is to spend time with Lazarus and Martha and Mary and the disciples. Right? So keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. You've heard me say that and probably others say that before. So I ask you about spending time with Jesus, and it's not its not easy. Life is so distracting. You get up in the morning, and if you're like me, I, and I hope you do this either in the morning or in the evening or both, the first thing I do is go in my, in my uh, room and I don't turn the computer on yet. I don't look at any, anything else, but I do my devotions first. So I'll read a passage of scripture and meditate on it and then journal on, in my journal and, and talk to the Lord. And then what happens? You know what happens. You can do devotions in the morning and then... Life hits. You go to work, things are hectic, the pressure is on, and how often do you think about Jesus? Sometimes you can go the whole day. Well, maybe you're one of those ones that goes over to St. Patrick's and prays during lunch hour, so you got a kind of a midday break there. Then in the afternoon you go back, and life is just busy. It's full, isn't it? And then maybe at night when you go to bed, you'll spend a few minutes praying or journaling or talking to the Lord but it's like all that in between time is just like where did God go anybody ever feel that way man I sure I sure have at times so the way, the way you might think about that is you know putting in contacts or putting on glasses and I've talked about my love glasses before but let's talk about them a little differently today when you look through these glasses now I can look over them or I can look to the side, barely, or look down. But pretty much everything I see all day is through this lens. And I want you to think about your relationship with Jesus as a, as a worldview, a way of looking at life. Of course you're going to be busy during the day. You should be busy with different things during the day. We don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. You know, just, well, I'm just going to think about Jesus at work all day. Well, see how that works out for you. <laughs> but the point is, everything you do, you have Jesus in mind, the way you treat people. When you're making a decision, you always make decisions. You, you could just, in your, in your mind, Lord, what, how, how would I do this? What would you, if you're talking to somebody, Lord, how would you want me to approach this conversation? The way you spend your money the way you calendar your day the way you think about relationships everything is through this filter of Jesus and then of course there are moments when you can get alone and spend time and have that special devotion time with him so everything in life should be viewed through the filter of Jesus that's my worldview so secondly how do you deal with distractions now Some of you will recognize this. I'll put it on the back wall because I think that's the only place that everybody can probably see it. See that? My dog loves this light. Oh, gosh. See over there? I don't care what Jake is doing. Right, Terry? Terry loves to work with a dog. Every time she comes over, she gets his light out and gives it to Jake. Now, his favorite thing, his life revolves around eating. But when you get this out, he'll interrupt his meal. He's distracted. So, let me show you your distraction. Everybody's nodding. Yep. So you go out to lunch with somebody and you're talking. What does it make you feel like when they start looking at the phone? Or if you're in a meeting and you've got some important things to say and somebody's looking at their phone. One time I spent a week preparing for a presentation at a board meeting in Los Angeles. And when I was making my presentation, three out of the four people in the room were looking at their phone. And it was good. It wasn't that they were bored. It was a good presentation. But they were distracted by their phone. Anybody, anybody know what that's like? Everybody's nodding their head. How much of life is distracted away from the important things? How do you get rid of distractions? So let me give you some ways. Number one, set aside time alone with Jesus. Matthew 6.6 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now let me, let me tell you what that verse says. This is the way a father would say it. I'll go to your room, close the door, and I'll be in there to talk to you in a minute. Right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, go get by yourself, close the door so there aren't any distractions, and I'll make it worth your while. I'll spend time, I'll meet with you there, I'll spend some time with you there. That's what Jesus invites us to do. Secondly, take control of your life. Uh... Did you guys see this stuff up here? Can you uh, maybe all of you can't see it, but there's there's a 7 Up and there's a Pepsi. <laughs> Is that a Pepsi? <laughs> yeah, it's a Pepsi. That's got And there's a Coke, there's Mountain Dew, and there's Dr Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> That's number 1. Okay, now you can come along and you can say I can only drink 7-up, oh, that's for people who are sick. <laughs> well, I drink Pepsi, no, there's too much sugar in there. Coke, Coke? You wouldn't drink Coke, it's not the real thing. Mountain Dew, got too much caffeine in it. Dr. Pepper, my granddaughter drinks, but it's too sweet. Number one, ask Arnie. He fills in my refrigerator about once a week. So my point is this. This is my favorite. You offer me one of those? No, I want this. I was going to line up about 10 here in a row, but I didn't do it. That's my default. I always choose. I'm not going to choose one of those. I always choose this. So when it comes to distractions, you can make a decision. There are many things in your life. People are always saying to me, I don't have time to pray. Really, you got time to watch TV? You got time to have fun? You got to have, have time to have conversations with other people? Well, you probably fine to do all those things, but do you default to Jesus? Is he number one in your life? Do you spend time with him? Every decision has consequences. Now think about distractions. Jesus said... Remember in the parable of the sower, uh, the thorns that come up? He described those thorns as the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Does anybody know what the worries of this life are? You ever worry about anything? He gives three examples. He He said, don't worry about what you eat. So this probably isn't true of you, but if you think about like if you go to New York City, for example, you can go in a restaurant and spend several hundred dollars on a meal, and it's well-prepared, and it's, everything is gourmet and wonderful, and how much time and money do we spend on what we eat? Gosh, just send me over to Dickie's Barbecue. That's good enough. Send me to Subway. That's good enough. I don't need... I mean, I like to go out to a nice dinner once in a while if somebody else pays for it, but. It <laughs> doesn't take a lot of time and attention to take care of our physical needs with eating. How about what you drink? Some people have to have a $500 bottle of wine. Golly, give me a bottle of water, you know. We don't need to waste our time on that. There, there's some basic things that we take care of. Give me a Diet Pepsi. What you wear. He says, don't, don't worry about what you wear. Now, I, it, used to, it used to be really expensive for me to dress. I wore this today because it's Mother's Day, and I wanted to be nice to mamas. But, you know, if you, Ginger always gives me a bad time because it takes her three days to pack to go someplace. You know how long it takes me? Ten minutes. Mostly bathroom stuff. I just go grab a couple of pair of Levi's, a pair of shoes, Three black shirts, I'm on my way. (laughs) Right? I know that's smart because Einstein had six sets of clothing that all were identical because he didn't want to think about that. You get the idea. We can so easily be distracted with things that are not important. The deceitfulness of wealth, maybe not true of you, but you can see around you how consumed people are with making money. That's the goal of their life, to make money and have possessions and have the nicest house in the world. The idea of the deceitfulness of wealth is that it fails to fulfill its promise. You can have all that and it doesn't fulfill its promise. It doesn't bring fulfillment. Next, simplify your life. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She's busy. She's distracted. Tell her to be distracted. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. She had chosen the good part. She was spending time with Jesus. Now, does that mean she would spend her whole life sitting at the feet of Jesus? Of course not. But there are those moments when we can be with the Lord and we choose lesser things all the time. Charles Stanley, uh, most of you have heard of him. I'm sure he's, gosh, he's got to be 85 now, I would think. And he still does it when he preaches. He'll say, now listen, now listen. Why does he do that? Because he sees people get distracted. Andy Stanley, his son, <laughs> says, look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> same, same thing. So don't be distracted. Thirdly, what has your affection? My dog, my favorite sermon illustration, comes at night and he sits right in front of me, sits on his haunches, and he stares right in my eyes. He just sits there. Why does he do that? Is he thinking, oh, Dad, I love you so much? No. He wants something. He wants out, or he wants food, or he wants me to raise up the toilet lid so he can get a drink of water. (laughs) Something. He wants something. What has your affection? So the third story... I didn't do the second, but the third story in the Gospel of John about Mary is, you know, remember this, it was six days before the Passover when Jesus would be crucified. They're in Bethany again. We don't really know for sure whose house they're in. It says that Lazarus lived there is the phrase that's used in the passage. And they've had a dinner. So imagine when, they, when the Jesus and the disciples would have walked in the room, there would have been a servant there to wash their feet because they had crap all over their feet from walking in the dirt all day. They would have come in. There would have been a meal prepared. Lazarus is there but it, because it's his home. Now imagine how Lazarus feels about Jesus. I don't know why I'm dumb, I guess. I, d- I never thought about what Lazarus thought when he was raised from the dead. I always focused on Jesus raising him from the dead, but I never thought, of what is, what is Lazarus thinking right now? Can you imagine? He was sick and he died and they start unwrapping all the grave clothes and he's alive again. Can you imagine how he felt about Jesus? The devotion that he would have had for him? There's Martha and doesn't say it here but we can assume Martha is serving because that's what she did you know how people like that are there 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 are people that you know there are people in this room every time you're around them, cookies pie goodies you know that's the way they express their love is by serving she loves Jesus and then there's Mary and they would have been reclined somebody's probably talked to you about that before there's this couch that goes like this and has a kind of a back where they lean against it and and they're laying down, but, but their upper body is, you know, there so that they can eat. And so Jesus' feet would have been extended that way. And the picture is that Mary came, and she took an alabaster bottle of perfume. Now think about this. She poured this pint of perfume on Jesus' feet that cost a year's wages. How much do you make in a year? That's how much the perfume cost that she poured on Jesus' feet. Was it extravagant? Judas thought so. He complained about it. Why would you do that? You could have sold that and given the money to the poor, which was a lie on his part because he would have kept it for himself. But imagine a day, a year's wages just being poured out on Jesus' feet. What does that communicate? It communicates worship, extravagant, over-the-top love for Jesus. She wouldn't do that for anybody else. She loves the Lord. She loves Jesus, and she's expressing that, wiping his feet with her hair. It's an amazing picture of worship. So let me just ask you a simple question. Does Jesus have your affection? Mentioned last week. First question is, are you committed to him? Yes, he's my Lord. I'm committed to him. Are you surrendered to him? There's a difference now. Do you do what he asks you to do? Or do you balk? And thirdly, do you love him? Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that's a, that's a dumb question, Pastor. Of course we love him. Really? How is your love expressed to him? If you love another person, how do they know that? You know, it's like it's like a, a husband whose life life is not in order and his wife says, "You're not spending any time with me and the kids." He said, "Well, I'm doing all this for you." "No, you're not." You're doing it for yourself. Maybe you're doing it to prove something. Do you love Jesus? Do you spend time with him? Do you talk to him? you express your love to him normally when you love somebody I love my wife and so I give her gifts all the time I love my wife so I show my affection I spend time with her I tell her I love her I tell my wife I love her four or five times a day and I think I prove it in my behavior do we love Jesus that way Or is it a religious creed that we're following? Do you love him? I'm not saying this to bring heaviness at all, but isn't it true that we can go through seasons of time where if somebody says, you love the Lord? Well, of course I love the Lord. I've been a Christian for years. Would I know that you love him by your behavior? By your spending time with him, by your responding to him when he speaks to you, wanting to be with him. Now, Paul was concerned about this with the Corinthian church, and he said, read this to you before, he said, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from the sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The, the three words there sincere and pure devotion are all really one word in the, in the Greek language and it means singleness of purpose is there a singleness of purpose about your life toward Jesus or have you somehow straight off we're going to do something this morning that's uh, I haven't done this for a long time I used to I, w- I led worship for 10 years And you're probably glad that you you weren't there when I did that, but uh, I certainly don't have a solo voice, and I'm not going to sing a solo today, I hope, because you're going to help me. How many of you remember this song, Simple Little Chorus, Hallelujah? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Come on. I got to know people are with me. Dana, you know. Dana, you know. Yeah, you know. Okay. So I'm going to sing Hallelujah, and you're going to sing with me, right? And then we're going to sing, Oh, come, let us adore him. And then we're going to sing, Father, I adore you. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. And I ask that no one would be looking around, that you just, everybody, close your eyes. You say, well, I can't sing, Pastor. I don't know the worst of that song. Oh, you'll know the worst of the song. It's pretty easy. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to focus on Jesus. And keep your eyes closed until we're through singing, and I pray, okay? So sing sing these words to him.
1: Hallelujah. 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 today
0: we we come to you with inadequate voices with inadequate words but we say to you today Jesus we love you we worship you and I know most of us Lord have experienced those moments with you when we've felt affectionate we've felt your presence and we know that that's not going to be a reality every moment of every day, but we do want there to be, Lord, those times when we would talk to you and listen to you and spend time with you. That's the essence of what this is all about, Lord, is you and spending time with you. And We confess to you, Lord, we get caught up in so many other things that might be good things but are distracting from our relationship with you. So Lord, I pray that there would be a freshness that would fall upon our church and a freshness that would fall upon our relationship with you that we would not be distracted, Lord. That you would get our attention and you would get our affection. We love you and we give you thanks today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.